0: Welcome to Wielding Legacy. My name is Laura Payne Stanley. This podcast is for high achievers, visionaries, creatives, coaches, and consultants. Because the key, the key, the key to unlocking your future lies in legacies. You see, I know you are here creating an impact in your industry. You are here building a legacy for you and your family. And it drives you and it occupies your mind but through my work as a trusted advisor to extraordinary entrepreneurs, I know you aren't yet reaching your greatest potential in business, your performance, and potentially in relationships. I'm known with my clients for being their loudest cheerleader. I often believe in them even before they do so themselves, and yet you can't enroll me in your legacy-limiting story. I'm your biggest empowering challenger as you create your ultimate legacy. This podcast is called Wielding Legacy, because the key to unlocking your future lies in legacies. Welcome friends to today's Wielding Legacy episode. And this may be a tough one for some to dive into, because my amazing guest today and fellow TEDx speaker, Chris Williams, is here and we are discussing suicide, mental health and depression as you create your legacy.
1: I will talk at the very realistic position that I was in I was about to catch a train um literally face on so it, it's while well, well I say it in a, in a jovial um comedic way sometimes and that, that's how I get my story out the doctor has, has, said, this him, has said this to me or my therapist said this to me is what he would class my condition to be and it's a high functioning depressive um so somebody that that lives with depression but can still work I can still get up in the morning um I might not want to end my life every other day but I still have suicidal thoughts.
0: This is a beautiful episode that may or may not challenge you but I assure you that the learnings in this episode with Chris are so plentiful, beautiful and incredibly important. So after my introduction I have to say it is my pleasure and I say that with a bit of a wry smile if you're watching here on YouTube to welcome chris to the podcast today so hi there chris can't wait to get into this conversation with you
1: how are
0: you i'm good how are you
1: i'm oh, very well very well thank you for inviting me um, i don't get invited to many places <laughs> so thank you thank
0: you for that. Well, i, I want to before we can get get into it because uh chris and i can talk we can talk and have some really in-depth conversations very quick so we're just going to dive straight in chris okay what does legacy mean to you
1: uh legacy means to me it's it's the the bit legacy is what people talk about when you're not in the room mm. it's the thing that you leave in people's i was about to say mouth but that's wrong the taste that you give people the forethought that you give people when you're not around the memories that you provide people when you're no longer about
0: I love it's a very feeling I love the feeling of that answer but you know me you know I'm I'm a nosy curious coach (laughs) what do you want people to be saying when you're not in the room anymore what is what's that feeling what's that essence of Chris that you want people to have oh you would love them to have when you're not in the room
1: this is a a a difficult question to answer because I'm not going to go down the the room of or the route of uh, oh, I want people to say nice things about me and that sort of stuff. I would rather people not say anything about me mm. if I'm being brutally honest. I would rather people have a sense of yeah, he was a nice guy and and he did good things like that but i I don't really want to have an impact on people's lives i'm I, I'm here to live my life. There's only three people really that I want to influence and that's that's my partner my kids that's my role in this this short span that we've got as life anything extra is is, is a bonus but i have i've got no intention of walking into a room and leaving that entire room thinking oh my god he was amazing i'd rather just be honest and honest with myself not just with other people but honest with myself that i can walk into a room and think i don't want to be here I, I really dislike you. I don't want to talk to you. I think you're, you're an horrendous person. So why would I want you to have any positive impact on me? At the same time, I could walk into a room and be absolutely awe-inspired by the, the, the people that I'm with. The, the TEDx stage that we shared, that was one of those moments that will go down as, as being – when you walk into a room, you get that – that it was one of those moments. Um. But I don't want people to necessarily think I was part of that. If that makes sense, it's the feeling of, of what people receive rather than the 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 egotistical pull of that person caused it.
0: So let me let me check I'm understanding yeah. right for our listeners. I'm understanding that it's actually not you, you don't want to create a legacy for you. Is that what you're saying? Actually, you want to create, well, you don't necessarily want to, but if you happen to yeah. create a legacy because you've been in a place or a space or delivered some work or impacted someone, then that would be a net positive to you.
1: It would, but that, that, that net positive has got to be on the person receiving it.
0: Yes, absolutely. Yeah.
1: It, it's, it's, uh, it's nice to know that you've had a positive impact on somebody. It's nice to feel attracted. It's nice to feel that you've achieved something that you've set out to do, but it's also very self centered. Mm. And I think the idea of legacy is, is, is to be as far away from being self centered as possible. So and this is one know. of the
0: this is an interesting thing about doing the podcast because everybody has a different interpretation of legacy. And so far, I think I've said this every episode no one's definition of legacy is right nor wrong legacy is completely a feeling a sense and we all have such a different interpretation of what this word means and what actually the feelings and every the ripple effects come back from legacy
1: yeah
0: now i know you relatively well chris in a very short amount of time we chris and i connected we had a very similar energy and we both we both kind of curious people we just have that mindset that goes I'll ask permission, but I'm going to say, I'm going to ask a question. I'm not going to dance around it for half an hour. Now, any of my clients listening to the podcast, they know that about me. That's why you hire me. You don't hire me because you want me to spend half an hour just dancing around something. So you've got on your chest to make a different noise.
1: Yes.
0: What you've said to me just now about legacy yeah. is not about you. Actually, it's, and it's not a do to situation. It's a do with, or once the ripple effects go out, how someone receives the ripples is completely up to them. Okay, now make a different noise. I'm curious then how that comes about because to make a different noise is essentially an internal process to begin with before you can make a different noise outwardly because you have to do something. Yeah. So what is make a different noise? Why is make a different noise? Why is it a hashtag? Why is it on your chest? And yeah. what in essence does it mean?
1: The the easiest way of, of saying it is it's a company name.
0: Okay. That,
1: that's the easy get out of quite that, that one, would be that would know, be the
0: mic drop. We're done podcast over, wouldn't yeah, it? But that's what I'm done.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um the 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 reason uh, imagine that you're in a restaurant mm. and you're all sat around, you're having a nice meal, and as with all restaurants, depending on how fancy they are, the the, the music and the noise and the tone and the, the volume it slowly crescends up into, into a, you know, a, a slightly louder noise when um, you know the, the chefs start making the noise and then the table who's just coming, as a stag do or a hen party, they get a bit louder. So everybody starts talking a bit louder and everyone's making the same drum noise. If you ever sit back and listen in a restaurant to the noise that's going on, you can always get a pattern to it. There's almost a, a beat going on. The same sounds are happening. Now there's one sound that stops every single thing in its tracks, that's when someone drops glass or they knock something over or there's a bit smash. Then mm. if you're in the UK, everyone goes, <laughs>
0: um,
1: but typically everyone stops instantly and that different sound unites everybody for that, that brief second. Mm. And that, that's the, that was the reason why we came up with the name of, of, of our marketing company Make a Different Noise. Because we wanted to, people to understand the impact of good marketing can take everyone's attention from what they're doing instantly. for for a second, for, a, for 10 seconds, for an hour, whatever it may be. So the, to, to bring that back to the, 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 the legacy narrative that we're talking here, a bit like, a bit like I said previously, the, 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 the making of the different noise is is the action the impact that it has is then the legacy mm. so if if you you go into a restaurant now what while, while i use that as a, as a bit of an analogy it's a bit of a poor analogy because at the end of the night it's not the smash that everyone remembers unless it was a catastrophic smash they remember the normal noise they remember the feelings of of, of what they had when they had that nice ragu or, or when they've had the nice red wine or the, the relationship and the, the communication, the party that's gone, that's what they remember. So to marketing in, in, in itself, and, and I'm, it's difficult to sort of create a bond between legacy and marketing if I'm being brutal and honest, because marketing, while well, there's two, two different elements of it, one is being uh, impactive and two is being something that you build towards uh, and, and build loyalty and trust like you do with a brand. And, um, Leg- legacy builds off both of those you can create a legacy from that one smash but you can also do it through consistent um persistent approach to your your, your actions as well i don't know if i've answered that question at well, all i, I, I think it was, it, was, it was a very good good didn't it
0: well, it did. It seems a very, I feel like it was a very good politician's answer. We answered a question. I'm yeah, not sure it yeah. was the question, um, but we answered a question, which, you know, I know our listeners will be really interested in the marketing element of this when yeah. you create legacy. One of the challenges I've got from what you just said, because there was something that struck me that, and I always listen to my gut. I'm a very much of a gut intuition person. So when something yeah. struck me in my gut, I'm like, right, what just, what just kind of clanged? And one of the things you, you just said it was about marketing and legacy and actually how, the marketing can create the legacy because it, it's, the, it's the impact that happens afterwards. The claim that just happened in my stomach as you said that was actually I do disagree because I think you can create legacy in how you market. Yeah. I think there is scope in today's world to market in a different way that creates a legacy from the marketing. You've seen it with yeah. brands who yeah. are trying to make an impact in the world but commercially is also a marketing tactic and strategy as such of buy one thing and they donate something to someone else it's they are doing it for impact so you can combine the two you have to be strategic about it you have to be in line with your values yeah you can't you can't fudge this stuff you can't foe it people smell it a mile off yeah but you can if you think differently make a different noise in your marketing think about it completely differently use strategy and legacy combined especially if you want to do it differently in your industry. If you yeah. want to, you know, blow the doors open and do it in a way that no one's ever done it before. Yeah, How does that land with you?
1: I think you've made some very good points. I'm going to use um, an example. Thursday, the, the new dating app that's come out. I don't know if you, you've heard it. They hit the headlines for a number of reasons over the past few weeks, one of them being asking for young creatives to come up with their slogan that they were going to use in the London Tube underground um, but they were doing it for exposure rather than pay. So they, they got a bit of a beating for that. Whenever we look at a, a, a brand and mm. we look at the legacy that that brand is doing, a question that I'm going to ask, ask you here, do you think that those people in, in those uh, brand meetings are focused on the legacy of what the brand's going to be in 10 years' time?
0: Now, are you asking, do I think they are? Because for me, that's that's a normalization answer. And yeah. I, I don't work in normalization. So I wouldn't say that I think no one is or everybody is. Do yeah. I want to believe that there are brands out there, small and big, and I completely believe with small and more agile brands, it's easier. Yeah. But do I believe there are brands out there who lead with impact and legacy and their values? They may have significant profit margins, they may be able to set up a business in a certain way so they don't have to leave with profit first. Yeah. That can lead with legacy. Hell yes, I believe they're out there. Do I yeah. believe it's much more difficult to do that? Yes, because yeah. you have to have a business model that allows you to play in essence. Yeah. Because legacy at the start of the decision-making process, rather than actually as an offshoot of this would be a great yeah. thing, takes courage. It takes play. It does take some play and marketing budget that let's just try this. It doesn't have to have an ROI, but let's just try this and see how it goes. That is only in a way a luxury that certain companies can do. And I believe much bigger companies or actually much smaller ones that are much more agile. Yeah. because they can they can adapt quicker they don't put a campaign out there and go yeah. this is this isn't working and actually now we've got to go back through the hierarchy and wind it back i think they have the ability yeah. to be agile and do those things so i want to believe and i do believe there are some i think there could be a lot more okay. now can i can i switch beats on you here chris okay is there ever a time that you felt like you weren't making a different noise that you felt like you were the same noise as everybody else, whether in marketing, in business, in anywhere, in any kind of context?
1: Um, yes, um, regularly. Okay. Um, uh, I, I'm not a finished, article. Um, Is anybody? Is anybody? Well, exactly. And I, I have a, a real issue. It's a personal issue, you know, it's something I shouldn't give time to my therapist says so um but i certainly shouldn't give time to the the, the this thing that really winds me up and it's about toxic positivity mm. that the and we see it on social media left right and center it is constantly we, we wading through it when we're looking for for, for information and it's that isn't life perfect all you've got to do is slap on a smile and walk out the door and there that that falsehood that fakery that 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 image that people are sticking on the makeup people wear that they're sticking on to go out to tell the world that their life is perfect when deep down life isn't about being perfect life is about survival life is about getting from a to b a b and birth b b and death this there's, there's no you know written path that we have to be happy all the time um so i I have a, an issue. Anybody that smiles twenty four seven, they're liars, in my head, hundred percent. We all have those moments where, where things aren't aren't going well. And I, I it, it, as you know, if, if refer back to my TEDx talk, I lived a life where I put the fake smiles on. Mm. Um, I lived a life where I, for me to be considered successful amongst my peers, I had to prove that I was successful, and a lot of that was um it was being fake We're, you know was buying the nice armani suits and and you know driving the flashy cars and going to the flashy restaurants and 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 you know burning credit at, at a fast rate and all that sort of stuff because that's what successful people do and also that's what people do who are on a on a path to burnout on a path to in, in my in, in my position suicide um so I, 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 yeah, I have a a book to bear with toxic positivity.
0: But does that, does that stop you now showing up or, because my question was, is there a time that you ever felt like you didn't make a different noise? So you're saying there was, you said yeah. about suicidal thoughts and the path that you were on. Do you mind sharing with our, with our listeners right now, what you're actually talking about? Obviously I know the story, yeah. but for people who might've just heard that word and might be actually triggered because they've just heard that word out of context, do you yeah. mind sharing?
1: No, not not at all. And, and the story that I, I will say, we do need a trigger warning on it because I, I will mm. talk of the very realistic position that I was in. I was about to catch a train, um, literally face on. So it, it's while while I, I say it in a, in a jovial, um, comedic way sometimes, and that that's how I get my story out, particularly when I'm on stage. Um, it, it does trigger some people. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I was, um, after a, a number of, of years of trying, given a, a check for a quarter of a million quid to build a company. Um, I was building that company and part of the, the, the lies I was telling myself was that I had to um, show that I was professional, show that I was perfect, do all the, the things that I hadn't yet learned. I was way, 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 way above my, my depth and that I could swim at that stage I'd got um, a business that was failing. I'd got the financial support that was being pulled away. Um, uh, loads and loads of different things that, that were happening. Uh, and it, it got me to the point where I knew I was starting to go down this, this path of depression. Now, I, 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 the doctor has, has said this to me, or my therapist has said, has said this to me, is, is what he would class my condition to be. And it's a high-functioning depressive. Um, so somebody that that lives with depression but can still work. I can still get up in the morning. Um, I might not want to end my life every other day, but I still have suicidal thoughts.
0: Can I just I take a bit Yes. Can I
1: just please. take
0: a peek there, Chris? Because I think what you've just said may indeed be triggering and may actually be some people might be resonating with that now, right now. Yeah. So I just want to say that if you've heard the term for the first time, high functioning depressive or high functioning with anxiety. It's much like we've heard the term high functioning alcoholic before, that's one yeah. society's known. Yeah, if anything, we're going to say, or Chris is going to say in this next part of this podcast, find a safe space, find a safe person to talk to. So, even if you stop this podcast right now because I couldn't, I'd, ha- I'd be out of integrity, I didn't do this right now, then find a safe person, find a safe space, reach out to somebody. But if this isn't for you right now because for whatever reason you can't listen to the rest of the story, then that's okay that's we're talking about legacy and it's also so strong in legacy to say I'm not in a place in a space that I can listen to this story right now that I can heal from the story right now so I just wanted to put that out there to our listeners
1: that and, and perfectly said I, I I'm I forget I've I, I heard the story I've lived this story so long so I, I forget how triggering it can be um but, so I, I appreciate you sort of doing the, the 18 plus adult advisory <laughs> warning on, on the, the, the chat
0: <laughs> let's go back into the energy because yeah. i know both of us can use comedy often to soften the edges of tight of um tight and kind of very traumatic stories yeah. so you were there you were struggling
1: Yeah, there
0: was a conversation in your mind with you and a train
1: there was so the, the 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 so this happened in 2000 and uh 2011, 2012. Um, so I'd I'd already been in, in you know in, in a very bad position back in 2003 when I left the police force, um, and that's it was back in 2003 when when I actually was about to make a suicide attempt. Um, but the the and I'll, I'll tell you more about that in a second. But this second stage, this this the second part when uh, you know some some nine years later. Um, I recognised those same dark clouds that I'd first, uh, first seen back in, in 2003. Um, so I had a decision to make then. Do I, do I continue um, going down this route of, of knowing where it was going to end by me potentially having another suicide attempt? Um, or do I try and, and, and get out of it? And thankfully, at this, start, this time, I had people around me People around me that that recognised it. I recognised it uh, and managed to pull myself out of it. But back in two thousand and three, um, I'd left the police force, or I was, I was in the process of leaving the police force. Um, I wasn't dealing with um, trauma from losing or uh, not losing my dad, but the if you if you do, I, I explain this far better on my TEDx talk. But uh, my dad and my best friend's dad. Um, both had testicular cancer at the same time when we was in year seven at school, uh, and we used to joke rather, rather sickly as children how bad our dads were. It was almost a game of top trump of how many times our, our dads have been sick, or how many times we've been to the hospital, how many rounds of chemotherapy have they had this week, that sort of thing. Um, until one one um, Monday morning, Jonathan's uh, Jonathan didn't turn up for school, and it transpired that his dad died. Um, mine didn't. Mine survived. And I lived, believe it or not, and this I still to this day cannot understand why my head did this, lived with the guilt of my dad not dying. Because I now couldn't understand the pain Jonathan was going through, my best mate. And we, we ended up falling out as friends a little bit because of that and because of my inability to deal with it, self-inability to deal with it his inability to deal with somebody whose dad was surviving, going through that, and the whole world felt very unfair. Now, we, we were 11, 12-year-old kids. And it wasn't until I was, you know, 21, 22, yeah, 22, 23, when that sort of started to unveil, and that's when I found myself sat on, on a railway bridge uh, between Birmingham and, and Coventry, about to go and catch the train face-on. Um, but the, you asked a question about the... Do I, do I feel that I'm not making a different noise and that? and f- for me, making a different noise isn't necessarily a, a life thing we have to live to do. Making a different noise is probably my legacy.
0: Aha! Uh-huh. so we do kind of have a legacy that's
1: associated with my yeah. my persona, my being. yeah um, and and that so. I, every day I, I, I wake up and, and you know, we, we, we have affirmations. We tell ourselves, you're going to do all right today. You know, you're brushing your teeth and all that sort of stuff? One of the things that I have in my, my to-do list um, book and, and on all my paperwork, I've got stickers all around the house and in the office, make a different noise. It's literally just a little sticker that make a different noise, the, the logo that I've got on my, on my shirt. Um, with the earnest that, have I made a different noise today? Have I done something today that's made somebody go? Oh, now it's not important that I make a different noise, but it's important that somebody receives a different sound.
0: I I'm I mean, if you're listening to the podcast, you got I'm like I'm beaming my my face is just like smiling <laughs> because it's you're talking about the ripple effect. You're talking about what happens when it leaves you that have had you made a different noise, but actually someone needed to hear a different noise. And this podcast today could be in essence that someone needed to hear a different noise from a different tonality of voice in a different way, using humor about suicide or someone needed to hear what you just referenced as those dark clouds. They just needed to hear those words that might resonate with them right now. This is why this is a powerful episode that they realize that they may have some dark clouds. And as I said, go find a safe space, safe place, go and find someone to talk to or your your loved ones. They may be able to recognize those dark clouds when you haven't recognized them right now. But even by a loved one hearing this, that impact, Chris, that you've just said may have landed with someone going, do you know what? That person that I love dearly I do think there's a dark cloud. Yeah. Now, this may or may not be a tough question. If you were a loved one right now and you have resonated with what you just said and thought, actually, I think someone that I love has a dark cloud. As someone who's been in the opposite side of that kind of situation, how, how would you have wanted or needed, or maybe your loved ones did, approach you and say, I think you've got a dark cloud. How how can you do that in a way with love and grace from your kind of side of this story?
1: Yeah, the one of the questions I was asked, which th- totally threw me, and this was from um, a new acquaintance I'd n- never met them before, uh, and I'll forever be grateful for them saying this this question. It, I didn't answer it honestly at the time, um, and because I was I was too blown away, I was too self concerned with self. Um, in my own little cocoon um but they, they, they we, we met and we were going go-karting it was somebody uh, stagged it. um and he goes how are you diddling and i was like sorry what he says how are you doing how you doing you all right i said like, yeah yeah i'm fine I'm like, "What does diddling mean he goes oh you know, what, you know what what's going on it's just a bit of and and it was it was the fact that they phrased something that i mm. i got a ready answer for all the time differently which made me go huh now, when, when I explained this to, um, or when my therapist pulled it out of me through CBT and, and, and that sort of stuff, and realised that that was one of, the, one of the, a moment, he says, what questions would you ask your partner if you wanted to make sure that she was okay?
0: Beautiful question.
1: And it took me about two weeks to answer it.
0: <laughs>
1: I didn't know. I did not know the answer. Um. And when we discussed it with him, uh, and I said, you know, it, it, the, this is one of those questions where there isn't a right or wrong answer, is there? And he was like, well, that's, that's for you to decide. i like, bloody therapist. <laughs> but, you know, um, so for me, if, you've, if you believe that, that a loved one, a friend, somebody you work with it, it has that black cloud over them, Ask them about specific things which make you think they have a black cloud. Mm. For example, it might be, um, you know, they they used to come out to the pub with you every Friday and they've stopped doing it now. Ask them, is everything going on all right at home? Because you you don't seem to be coming out anymore. Ask them specific things as to why you are concerned.
0: Yeah, Yeah, the specific things that you've noticed.
1: Yes. The yes. specific
0: things that are relevant to your relationship with them that you yes. know has changed.
1: Yeah. because that, that, It's going to do one of, two, one of two things to somebody. Depending on what stage they are during their depression, it's going it's to push them into a bit further of a hole and they'll, they'll try and hide it more. In which case, you'll see more things that are starting to change in their behaviours and their patterns. Or there's a good chance you'll break them. And I don't mean that in a horrible way. I mean that in a way of them going you know what, things are a bit shit at the moment. The minute, the second somebody says things aren't good, mm. do not, under any circumstance, say, oh, I thought so. Because that instantly puts a barrier back up.
0: Yeah, and this, I was about to say that one of the things from a coaching world, and when we're talking about legacy, bear in mind that if people have a legacy that they're still holding on to in their mind, and they're, perception of anxiety or depression doesn't fit into the legacy they're trying to build they will have built coping mechanisms yeah. because it's incredibly important that no one sees behind this shield to the legacy they're trying to build whether that is successful yeah. however that might look like to you and i'm going to say this right now if you want the flash that chris was saying if you want all those things there's never a right or wrong on this podcast we create exactly the life that we want and when you said about don't say i knew because actually, are you asking for yourself or are you asking to help somebody? Are you asking because you want to be the saviour or are you asking from a point of integrity because actually you're worried about a friend or a loved one?
1: Yeah. One, one of the, the best questions you can ask once, once somebody admits to you that there might be something wrong, that something's not quite fire on all cylinders, is ask them if they've got somebody to talk to about it. Yeah. Ask for who that, who that is. What's their name?
0: This has been such, such a powerful episode, Chris. But I want to ask you, when it comes to your legacy and the legacy that you are building, you mentioned for your partner and your children and the ripple impact. I think I'm going to label yours the ripple impact legacy that you're building. Um, yeah. That's what it's going, to, it's going to be called in my head. What are your three non-negotiables when building legacy?
1: Um, so you, you sent the email out um and when we spoke about this previous about this question so i've I've been sat there and and it says you know have them in your mind think about them and and i still i've only got one you're going to go with what and the reason why because when you try and put something in in an order when you try and say well this is important this is important this is important is that for me there is only one thing that is unbelievably important when it comes to the the thing i want want to leave And and it's honesty if, if anyone was to say anything about, it, about, about me, and I, I, this, you know it's from going back to the start of the interview, I, I said uh, this is not something that I, I particularly want to happen, but the word honesty would be the one thing I'd like in terms of, of how I treat people in terms of what I um, portray, how I talk to people, I want someone to know that you know what what the words that I say I mean. And I don't know whether that is is a is a legacy I don't know whether that's something that that you know was part of the ripple effect.
0: Now I'm going to say this to our, I want to say to our listeners you will know depends how many of season 2 that you've already listened to. The honesty is actually one of the most frequent answers to this question. Yeah. So if you haven't watched or listened to any of the other episodes in season 2 go and listen to them too, because it's interesting to see how people are getting to honesty as one of their three non-negotiables. Chris, it's been such a pleasure having you here today. I know you and me could talk for a long time about many different things because we had just that that ever curious mind. But thank you so much for being on Wielding Legacy podcast. It's been fun, thank you. It has been said that with a big enough lever, you can move the world. I've spent my life figuring out how to use that lever to move my own world. And in doing so, I help extraordinary entrepreneurs do exactly the same for themselves. So I want to offer you a perspective on what gives you the greatest leverage in your life to create wealth, health, and happiness. It's called legacy. And the lever to your legacy is within your reach. If you'd love to know more about this, go to laurapainstanley.com forward slash legacy.